Amen. All right. So usually we just keep going right through. We've been working through 2 Samuel, and I wanted to throw you off. We're going to do the Easter story. Now, the reason why, if you're a visitor, the reason why this is weird is because we, we here at Elm Creek, we believe every passage of Scripture points to Christ. So we normally just go right through Scripture. We take one verse at a time, one chapter at a time, one section at a time, and, uh, and we know that it all points to Christ eventually. Uh, but uh, I kind of, after a lot of prayer, thinking through, looking at 2 Samuel, said, you know, let's do the Easter story today. Let's, let's read this story. So we're going to do all of, all of chapter 20. But I want you to do something with me. So kids, you can help your parents with this too. Okay, so I'm calling everybody out on this. So far, what Albert read, five times, five times in those 10 verses, there is the word saw or some form of it, looked, saw, seen. And so as I read the rest of the chapter, if we've got five so far, as I read the rest of the chapter, I want you to count with me how many times the form of the word saw or seen or looked is found in those final, what, 20 verses or so. Okay, so you guys willing to help me out with that? No? You guys can talk. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you, Howard children. At least you're paying attention. All right, so we're gonna, I'm going to start reading in verse 11. So if you've got your Bible, it's not going to be on the screen. So if you've got your Bible or a Bible app or there's Bibles in the pew or the pew, oh my gosh, <laughs> reverting back to my childhood, in the chairs in front of you, you can go ahead and, and grab that and turn to John chapter 20. Otherwise, you can listen and hear how many times is the word saw or looked or seen or showed those kinds of things. So we've got five already, all right? So count quietly to yourself, not out loud. Starting in verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that she had said these, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and the place my finger and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. All right. How many times did you hear the word saw, seen, looked? Eight. Sixteen. Sixteen. You have to go through. I guess it kind of does depend on which version you're using. Let's just go, let's go in the middle. Let's go 15. There's at least 15 times where this word seen or saw or looked is found in 31 verses. And if something is repeated, and if you're a normal or a regular attender to to Elm Creek, if something's repeated, it's probably important. It's probably important, especially when it's in this passage, this chapter, so many times. Now, through John, through the book of John, God is trying to tell us something about the relationship between seeing and believing, or more specifically, the relationship between seeing the risen Messiah with your eyes and believing in the risen Messiah. So what did those in this chapter, what did they see with their eyes, and how did it affect their belief? So in other words, what did they see? If seeing is so important, what did they see, and then how did they respond to that seeing. Well, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, they all see the empty tomb. Mary sees two angels sitting where Jesus' body once laid, and then she runs into and sees Jesus himself. Later that evening, the disciples see the physical body of Jesus standing in their midst, even having a conversation with him and interacting with him. And they also, the disciples, along with Thomas, eight days later, see the place where the nails enter his hands and where the spear entered his side. Now, these interactions, they are not a figment of their imagination, nor is Jesus a ghost. Mary physically holds on to Jesus to the point where he actually says, let me go. Let go of me. Don't cling to me. 
And Thomas physically puts his hand in, or his finger in Jesus' hands and in his side. So this is not a dream. Jesus is really in their presence. They are really seeing him with their own eyes. They did not have a bad steak the night before. And it is so real, it's just as real as you and I seeing each other right now, sitting down and having breakfast together, interacting and fellowshipping with one another. Now, what effect did this physical appearing have on the disciples? Well, before Jesus appears to Mary, she's weeping. She's believing, and she's weeping, believing that his body had been taken away by someone. And when she hears him call her name, she immediately recognizes him, and then she clings to him. Now, this is a natural reaction of joy at seeing your once dead teacher standing alive in your presence. And when Jesus appears to the disciples, he rejoice, they rejoice at the sight of him. How, put yourself in their place. How would you react if the teacher that you followed for over three years who you saw physically and brutally murdered upon the cross, suddenly, three days later, show up in the room where you're all hanging out with the door locked, physically appearing in your presence. Your teacher is no longer dead. He's alive. Well, of course, astonishment, probably fear, which is why Jesus says, peace be with you. Don't, don't be afraid. Come, look at me, see me. And they're filled with joy. They rejoice at seeing him. How can this be? Where at his death, the disciples were confused and afraid. Jesus appearing to them brings them peace, but it also brings them belief. He truly is the Messiah. He truly is the Son of God. He truly is the Savior of the world. They lived out the proverb that we say nowadays, I'll believe it when I see it. You ever said that? Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, they saw him and they believed. But then there's poor Thomas. Man, he's got a bad reputation. You know, we look down, oh, doubting Thomas. And when people say that, I kind of laugh because I go, you mean doubting Mark? We probably would all be in the same position. We shouldn't look down on Thomas because he isn't called doubting for no reason, right? But is that reputation really warranted for Thomas? Thomas isn't there when Jesus appears to the disciples on the evening, evening of his resurrection. And when he's told about it, Thomas refuses to believe. Like, come on, guys. I mean, I saw him die too. What do you mean he raised from the dead? It doesn't make any sense. How can that happen? And then when he says in verse 25, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and I place my finger into the mark of those nails and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. I always tell my kids, that's absolute language you should never use unless you're speaking of Jesus. Thomas uses this word, I will never believe. Eight days later, Jesus appears again to the disciples, and then he turns to Thomas. Now, can you imagine what was going on in Thomas 
at that moment. The disciples have all seen him already, and he appears, and then he just focuses on Thomas. Put your finger in my hands and my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas's only response, my Lord and my God. My Lord, a declaration of Jesus being the King, the Sovereign, the Ruler of all creation. Jesus is His Master. Thomas is His servant. My God is a declaration of Jesus being God in the flesh. Yahweh come down from heaven to earth, the supreme being and creator of the universe. Before seeing the risen Jesus, Thomas was a skeptic, or at the very least, he's a realist. I mean, we all saw him die. He's not going to come back to life. People just don't do that, which is interesting considering he saw Lazarus raised from the dead. And yet he still did not understand. After he sees Jesus, though, everything changes. He witnesses Jesus with his own eyes, and belief follows. But what about those who did not and will not see the risen Christ? Because it makes sense to believe something when or it can't, does it make sense to believe in something when you can't see it with your own eyes? Can you believe without seeing? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in his response to Thomas. He says, have you believed because you have seen me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. Those who have never seen the physical risen body of Christ can still believe as deeply as Thomas. And Jesus says, and they're blessed. So what is this blessing that those who believe will receive? Now remember, this is not just for those who do not see him, Those who see him and believe and those who do not see him and believe, they receive the same blessing. So what is this blessing? Well, earlier in John, John chapter 6, verse 35 through 40, this is how it reads. Jesus said to them, and I want you to hear if there's any similarities to what what is being said in chapter 20. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that, I, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. Everyone who looks on the Son, that is, on Jesus, and believes in Him, to use the words of Thomas, that He is Lord and God, they will have eternal 
life. Now, clearly this doesn't mean that death will never find us, for death always comes for everyone. You can use absolute language on that one. You will die. Eternal life is a life beyond death. So it's not, it's not the first death that we are saved from. We will die physically, but after that death, there is an eternal life. It is one of the two eternal destinations in which every human being ever born will go. Eternal life or eternal death. It is appointed once for man to die and then face judgment. That's Hebrews chapter 9. We're all going to face it. The only way to eternal life, according to Christ, is through belief in Him as Lord and God. And to reject Christ is to receive eternal death, which is the absence of God's mercy. But what about Jesus' words that one must look on the Son? Did you catch that? If you look upon the Son and you believe, you will be saved. Because you and I weren't there 2,000 years ago. We weren't standing there in the room with the disciples. We weren't next to Mary when she saw the empty tomb. How are we today to look upon the Son? How are we to believe as Thomas believed if we cannot physically see Jesus? Well, Jesus clearly knew that this was going to be a question that we have because he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So how can you, you have to see him to believe, but you don't have to see him to believe. You see, it seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? But it's not, because the answer is given. The answer is given by John. We'll get there in a second. What he says is, the answer is through the Word of God. This right here. This book. We don't do self-help teaching at this church. We don't Maybe say, I don't preach on what I want to preach. We pick up the Bible and we read it and we study it and we allow it to teach us. Why do we do that? Because this is the book that witnesses to Jesus, not me, not any teacher that's at this church. Now, we can reflect Christ, but if you're looking to me to save you, if you think by, while well, looking on Mark, I will be saved, I say this a lot, heaven help you. Because I am not Jesus. I'm only striving to live like him. If you're a believer, you're only striving to live like him, but you cannot save. I cannot save. This is the witness of Christ. This book, from beginning to end, is a witness to Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah who came to forgive and to save those who believe from the wrath of God for their sins. Romans 10, 17 says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. What is the word of Christ? This, the Bible. Faith and belief 
are very closely related. To believe is to have faith. To have faith is to believe the word of Christ. His word is the message of salvation, which is written in these pages. Which is why if we stray from the book of God, the word of God, the word of Christ, we are not leading people to God and eternal life. We are leading them away to eternal death. And we don't want to do that. The word of Christ is the message of salvation. This book right here is a witness of Jesus' messiahship. He is the long-awaited Savior. And through these words, we see Christ. He is made real to us. These are not simply words put to paper to tell a good story. These are the actual words of God given to us as a witness of the salvation and peace that he brings through his son, Jesus of Nazareth. And I said it, John chapter 20 says this. He says in in, in verse 31, but these, these stories, these accounts, this witness is written to you so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, John did not write this for Mary and Peter and the other disciples and Thomas. He wrote these words down in the book of John for us. Those who come after them, who after Jesus' ascension into heaven, well, we haven't seen Jesus. How do we know he's real? How should we believe? And John says, we wrote these down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Those of us who believe have a hope. Now, this is not a hope as in like, I, boy, I sure hope I'll receive eternal life. I hope when I get into heaven that God looks down on me and he says, well, you did more good than bad, so I hope he looks at me and says, you're okay, Mark. You can come into heaven and I'll give you eternal life. That is not the hope that we are speaking of. When Christians speak of a hope in Christ, when the Bible speaks of hope, it's not a wish, it's a certainty. I know I will receive the promised blessing of eternal life. Why? Because faith is a conviction, the evidence, the proof that I will receive what Jesus promised me. Because God is faithful and God is loving and He says, If you believe, if you have faith in me, you will live. And Jesus always keeps his promises. I have not seen Jesus face to face. I have not touched his hands. I have not touched his side. I have not seen the empty tomb. I have not seen any of these things in John chapter 20 with my own eyes. I haven't even gone over to Jerusalem to see the supposed things. I haven't seen any of that. But through the witness of God, through his word, I believe. I believe 
He is my Lord, and He is my God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not by any good works of my own. Only through faith and belief in Christ can we receive the blessing of eternal life and even more beautiful, Christ himself. Do you believe? Do you believe he is your Lord? Do you believe he is your sovereign, your king? He is the one who rules all all things in your life. Is he your master and you are his servant? Do you believe he is your God? The one who created all things, who rules over all things, is the one that is only wor- the only one worthy of our worship. Do you believe? Then have confidence. Because if you believe, you will receive eternal life. Hear the words of Christ today. Because if the answer is, I do not believe. The answer is, I do not. Christ is not my Lord. He is not my God. He's just a really nice guy who said some good things. That is not belief. That is not belief that he is Lord and God. And so hear these words, this desperate plea from a very sinful, normal human being who just happened to be saved by grace. Believe. Believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The tomb is empty. Death could not hold him in the grave. Jesus is risen from the grave and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And in the day that I should pass from this life, or, oh, heaven, make this happen. Jesus comes again. And in an instant, I'm in his presence. In that day, I will see him face to face with my own eyes. And man, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be, amen? If you're a believer, you see him with your eyes. And what I now say and believe in faith, I will one day look into his eyes and I will say, my Lord and my God. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Believe. And if you have belief, Oh, stand firm in that belief and in that confidence that you will one day say the same. Father, we pray as your people that we would find joy through the difficulties of life, through the the struggles that we find, the struggles that we experience We're waiting for you to appear. God, it's been 2,000 years since anyone has seen you face to face. And yet, Father, we believe. Give us peace that you promise. Give us 
Remind us of the hope that we have in you. And Father, for those who hear these words and they do not believe, we, we ask that you would cut them to the heart. You would soften them to hear the truth that it, the only way to life is through your Son. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And no one comes to you except through him. Let them hear those words, Father, and may they believe and in faith, though they have not seen you with their eyes, that in faith that they would believe and have the peace of eternal life come upon them, Father. You are our hope, and in you all life is found and all life comes. And so we glorify you and praise you. For you are worthy of our worship. My Lord and my God, we love you and we thank you for sending your Son and dying for us, raising him from the dead and bringing him into your presence so that we may say to death, where is your victory? You have no power over me. And I do not fear death because I have life. We ask this, Father, in your name. Amen. Why don't you stand as we sing our closing song?